I want to be an artist, but how can I do that, but still make money and still do well for myself? Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. So good to have you here. Today, I'm so excited because I'm interviewing my friend, Karen Rosalie. So Karen Rosalie is a photographer, artist, and founder of Rosalie Agency and Rosalie Studios, a creative agency and photography studio based in LA. Karen is the former editorial manager for Chriselle Lim, one of the top stylists and digital influencers in the fashion industry. To date, Karen has since worked with brands such as Dior, Benefit Cosmetics, and Summer Fridays, and has had work published by Harper's Bazaar, Allure, and more. So if you follow Lavender, you've probably seen Karen's work. She shoots all the photos for the Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner. And if you watch my videos, you know how I use the flat lay as my end card. That was shot by Karen as well. So I just love Karen. I love her work. She's so good at what she does. And she's kind of like my aesthetic muse, even from like years ago. So I first met Karen back in 2014 when we were both really young, just starting out in our careers. I met her through my boyfriend Wilson so at the time he had a jewelry company startup that has since failed and it's dead and gone but at the time he was planning like his first photo shoot for the jewelry and so he got connected with Karen to come take the photos and I think since then like they were friends but she was just on my radar I followed her on social media and it turns out I really really loved her work and I saw her journey first working with Chriselle shooting fashion and then shooting more bloggers and brands and it was just really inspiring to see her journey and so I reached out to her to just meet and have coffee and from there I felt so inspired to like interview her for this series that I was planning for my channel called the artist of life series and if you look on my youtube that interview is still up but my purpose was to like paint the picture of true artists of life that I know in my life people who are actively creating their dream and doing it for real so I'll definitely link that in the show notes so you guys can watch that but since that interview like Karen has grown so much more and she's just such a legit fashion beauty photographer now I'm so proud of her and she still inspires me to this day and I'm just so grateful that now I can call her my good friend and she is someone that I can look to for like creative inspiration but also business inspiration like I love talking to her about business because she's super smart and she is ambitious and I feel like we can really relate to each other so I hope you enjoy this interview it'll be especially great if you're an aspiring photographer or creative or just listen for tips on how you can literally create your dream hi karen welcome to the lavender lifestyle how are you doing hi eileen i'm good thanks for having me i know so i know some of my followers already know who you are because they've seen your interview back then but i guess for the people who don't know who karen rosalie is can you explain what you do so i'm a photographer i started in photography, but now I have a photography company where my company specializes in creating content for beauty brands. So what we do is we'll work with brands on new product launches or if they need new pictures for their website, and those pictures will live on their website and social. And then you have your studio, right? Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) I have my studio, but I'm not renting that out anymore. So 
the photo shoots will take place in my studio. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let me rewind for you. I know that you went to UCLA and you studied fine arts, right? Correct. So what was the journey to discovering photography? And like, did you want to be a painter before? Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I'd always was interested in art and I, I, at a young age, I like loved drawing. So when I went to UCLA, I got into the art program. And so for a long, longest time, I thought I was going to be a painter. And for some reason, I just didn't take any photography classes, even though that was part of the curriculum until like my junior, senior year. And once I did that, I realized, oh, actually this could be a career. It was a way for me to blend like my artsy side and then also just like make money. And it always made sense because I was always the one who took mm-hmm. pictures from my friends for their MySpace profiles. Aww. So it was just like for when I picked up a camera finally in college, I was just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you still paint nowadays? Because I've never seen your paintings. <laughs> I know. I I like the idea of painting, but I, and like, I have like my, my paints like set aside in my living room because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, on a weekend when I'm free, I'm going to paint, but I just don't get around to it. But I do, I think I paint like in Photoshop now, like when I'm editing photos or when I'm making the composition. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Thank you. Yeah, you're really good at Photoshop. You're like a pro. So anyone out there, like follow Karen's Instagram. She has like all these tutorials on Photoshop and how to shoot flat lays and stuff. It's amazing. But going back to your artist journey, I mean, how did your family feel about you going into art? Are Are they very traditional or were they pretty like relaxed about it? No, it was definitely really rough because, I mean, let me backtrack because my dad is very artsy. I think he, he like, he loves reading and he was the one who enrolled me to a YMCA like painting class when I was younger. So that was where I like discovered that I liked painting. Mm-hmm. But in college, I, I didn't, I think they didn't expect that hobby to kind of manifest in a way where it was like, I, I want to be a painter when I grow up. But yeah, they, it was hard for them to accept that I wanted to be to, I wanted to pursue an art career, even with photography. Those first couple years when I was still discovering myself and my role in the industry, it was hard for them to understand why I wanted to pursue this. It was like every summer I came home from college, it was always like, when are you going to change your major? What are oh, you going to do? Yeah, the pressure. Yeah. yeah. So was it hard for you to like go for photography then? Because I mean, I know your journey and I knew you back then before you started like yeah. being a freelance photographer. So right. how was that for you? It was hard because I didn't have like necessarily my parents' support in my career path. So mm-hmm. during that time, I, I did feel very like isolated because I couldn't tell them how hard it was to struggle because I didn't want them to know mm-hmm. that they were right. But at the same time, oh, yeah. I just knew that there was nothing else that I wanted to do. So I was like, this has to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was definitely challenging in that way. Yeah, I think I saw that in your journey, like that, like this has to work mentality because yeah. you committed fully to photography and I think it's just cool to see how far you've grown now because like you're serious about it and you're also very business-minded too so from the start did you know that you wanted to eventually have your own agency and stuff absolutely not (laughs) oh really no not at all I actually distinctly remember at the time when I had quit my full-time job as a photographer and I was at a crossroad of do, what do I do now? Do I find a full-time job again or do I go freelance? I 
I distinctly remember telling my boyfriend at the time, like, I'm not going to do an agency. I'm not going to have my own company just because I was so scared of what Mm -hmm. that would mean. I like really just didn't have any idea how hard it was, but I knew that it was going to be hard. So yeah, I mean, I think my parents, because they weren't, because they doubted this journey, it really forced me to think, to approach it in a way where it was like, I want to be pursuing my passion, but I also wanted it to sustain me. You know, I didn't want to be dependent. So it forced me to kind Mm -hmm. of look at a way where, okay, I want to be an artist, but how can I do that, but still make money and still like do well for myself. So that was my, that has always been my approach. Yeah. And that's super smart. Cause like most people who pursue art, I mean, in the beginning of my journey, when I was doing music, I was like, I'm just going to do art and not think about money. But eventually you're like, no, I I need to like sustain myself and be smart and business minded about this. Yeah. And I think in the beginning, because I was living by myself and I wasn't, my family was in San Francisco and I didn't have any family in LA. I had no one to depend on except myself. So Mm -hmm. I was like, this has to work like one way or the other. For sure. Yeah. Like you had no safety net. So that's why you became successful because you had to. Right. It took a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are listening to this and they're probably realizing like how you got your foot in the door. So do you want to talk about how you landed your first like big client and started working in fashion? Yeah, I, I think definitely you have to start small because now I work with clients. I'm in the Maybelline network. So I work a lot with like Q-Tex, Sinful Colors, like all of their brands, and then um, Kapara Beauty. And, you know, like these names that I see in Sephora and and I'm like, oh, one day it would be so great to work with them. And now I actually like email with Koda Lee. Like it's just crazy. But mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, you have to start small. I started working with a blogger and then through the blogger, I got introduced to all these like brands I've never like seen or thought of before. And then from there, it just took like one referral. And I st- in the beginning, I worked with really small brands and it was through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But one referral got to became two referrals and people started seeing me on Instagram. But I would definitely say if you're trying to get your foot in the door, just start with who you know, right? And then they will refer you to someone that they might know and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think that's pretty common in like the creative and design world. It really is all referrals and who you know. Right. The hardest part is like getting that first person who's like a blogger, someone who can help launch you, right? Right. And that is just hard work like even with the blogger I knew that I had to show her that I was able to shoot for her so I reached out to my friend who was an aspiring fashion blogger we had gone to college together and she needed some pictures for her blog and and so then we just planned a small photo shoot I shot her looks and then I used those photos to submit to the blogger and ask her like and show her like hey I Mm -hmm. can shoot outfits like let's shoot Yeah, awesome. So the jump to starting Rosalie Agency, let's talk about like why you decided to do that. Because you said it wasn't your plan in the first place. So why did you do it? So I think I got lucky at the time because at that point I was a freelancer and I didn't have that many gigs and I didn't really want to do a nine to five either. So I was reaching out to people asking if they wanted to shoot. And I had maybe like one or two gigs like a month, but it was cricket. But I did have this one brand reach out to me and they were kind of a big brand. They had a store mm-hmm. on Rodeo Drive and and they loved my work. So I think I had one friend who owned a production company and he was telling me that I needed to start my own LLC and be a company. And he was kind of a mentor to me at the time. So and in, in terms of going freelance. So 
I was like, okay, I'm going to start an LLC, even though honestly, I just, I didn't know like what it fully entailed at the time, but I did it, but I eventually started the LLC and then I, I named it Rosalie and then mm-hmm. this is so crazy, but Rosalie.com was taken. So the only other mm-hmm. one was Rosalie.agency. And I was like, that sounds like a nice ring to it. <laughs> so then I was like, well, I guess like this is just going to be Rosalie Agency because I also yeah. didn't want to seem like it was just me. I wanted to come off as though I was a company and that I was bigger than I was so that I could take on this job. So in oh, the yeah. right from the beginning, I knew that I didn't want to just be a photographer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to seem like a sole proprietor. I knew I if I knew that if I wanted to take this job, I had to seem like I was a team of three or two or whatever. So yeah. um, in the beginning, it was just I started just to get that client uh, because yeah. I, I really wanted to shoot with them. <laughs> <laughs> so were they in contact with you and they haven't like booked you yet? And then you, you told them like, Hey, I'm an agency. <laughs> like, is that how it worked? Honestly, that was like three years ago. So I don't really remember, but it was kind of <laughs> along the lines of that because I remember the, the communication was like between two months at the time I was already in the process of starting my LLC and all I needed was a yeah. website. Right. So, and, and I'm very used to yeah. uh, creating that. That could take me a day. So even though like, for example, even though like during that time I didn't have that many clients, I was still putting in the work to create the website, reach out to mm-hmm. people. And yeah. So during that process, it like right from there reached out to me. I, and from me going back and forth with them in terms of pricing, that was, yeah, it was like about a month or two. Yeah. No, I think that's super smart to like brand yourself as like bigger and more professional, yeah. I guess, <laughs> yeah. so that you can work with a bigger brand. I think you like create your brand for your dream career. Right. And I think most people, they they kind of like let themselves be amateur and it's, you, you do have to like think about how you appear to others. Yeah. And the best advice that I've gotten was I was talking to this entrepreneur who owns a very successful sneaker company. And he told me that when he first started his company, he knew that he didn't want all the departments to be so diluted or the departments to be so separated. He knew that he wanted everyone in the company to be in open communication with each other. So he started the company based off of that. So I think it's important to structure your company the way that you you see it in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So even though I didn't have a team at the time, I knew that I like would need a team. So that's yeah. why I started the LLC. Like build it before they come Correct. kind of thing. Yeah. So what was the biggest challenge of being like your own boss of this agency? The fact that I have to be the boss of this agency. Everything from talking to clients, from sending out proposals, to executing the job, to reaching out to freelancers that I could bring on for the job. That was all new to me at the time mm-hmm. um, because I was working in-house. So I'd never had to do any of this. So a lot of it was just trial and error. A lot of it was like pricing was really hard because I had no idea what industry standard was. Photographers yeah. don't really talk about that. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was just, now I have a system, but in the beginning it was really hard to know like how to even talk to clients. Oh, for sure. And let's talk about pricing because I know a lot of photographers out there deal with this. They don't know right. how to price. And I know you're very like passionate. You have your own system. So can you share about that? Yeah, so in the beginning, and I think a lot of photographers do this, is that they will just have one price and 
that will come with all these things. Like it'll come with a two hour shoot. It'll come with 20 already edited photos. And then what the client sees is just this one flat fee. Um, I think that's definitely easy for the client to digest, but at the same time, it hurts the photographer because all the deliverables aren't broken down exactly. So how I like to do and how I recommend to even people on my Instagram and people that ask me about pricing is that you have to itemize your time and itemize the deliverables. Like, so whether it's 15 photos, how much is each photo? How much is your, what is your hourly rate? And then that's why the process for me is when I ask a client, like, what do you need? I always find out how many hours they need to shoot and how many photos they expect to get. And then from there, I'll just, it's a simple multiplication equation. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you have more resources on your website about that. So we'll like link to that page. Yeah. So let's like talk about growing through this journey because I think you and I both talked and we said that where we are now is where back then we wished to be here. And it's crazy because I mean, the last time that I, we did that interview, that was 2016 when you were just starting freelance I think just starting your agency and I remember you being really scared and really nervous and uncertain about it and then like now you are so legit (laughs) you're traveling over the all over the world (laughs) working with these huge brands like how does it feel to be where you are now and like what does this growing phase feel like because I know that some things like you've grown out of right like traveling to fashion weeks and stuff right Yeah, it's so crazy. I always think about that interview and I feel like I spoke with such confidence, but then like now looking back, I'm like, wow, I really had no idea like (laughs) what was ahead of me, Mm -hmm. you know, because my company has changed so much too. Like in the beginning, I was traveling from location to location, like shooting with clients. And then now I only shoot in my studio and I'm producing these big campaign shoots for brands. So it's, definitely pretty crazy I feel like like there were all these things I wanted to to achieve when I was like 21 and now I'm like oh wait I think I'm like there (laughs) and then what what are you thinking after that (laughs) like how do you evolve from there I mean when you start a company you always look at revenue right and you always think about how do you double that the success of a company is measured by the revenue increase every year so mm-hmm. my whole thing is like these past two years have been really great because I feel like I finally found people that I could r- bring on on a regular basis for projects and that I could trust I feel like yeah. in the past two years I've really built my team so now now that I have this and I'm secure in the process of like even talking to clients and producing these jobs now it's I feel like I want to work with bigger brands, build a bigger team. Yeah, just bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you do most of your shooting in your studio now. Do you miss yeah. like shooting out or is it is this more is suitable to your personality? Absolutely not in terms of going on location anymore. I actually did have a job come through to be a photographer for Coachella. Uh-huh. And I, I had to pass it off to my assistant because I was like, this is kind of a younger photographer's (laughs) game now I prefer to be in like AC (laughs) AC no but yeah no but I I always have like my eyes on the prize right so like when you think about like like I have role models that even in the beginning of my journey I was looking to for not necessarily advice because I it's not like I could reach out to Annie Mm -hmm. Leibovitz or Mario Tosino but I look at their journey and I always think like I always relate it to me and how I can kind of learn from them So Annie, for example, like she doesn't really shoot anymore. She produces Mm. shoots and she directs, 
so I, I kind of want to move more in that direction of creative direction um, just because I've been shooting for seven years now and yeah. I'm always thinking about how to grow next right, and what I'm more interested in and I think what I've discovered is that I like running a team I like building a team and I like direction and giving direction mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. are good at that no I think it's just cool because I guess I didn't realize this before but like you do go through like phases in your life where you're like evolving into the next stage and the next stage and you're not always going to be a photographer when you were young maybe you thought that was like it but now that you're here like there's always I don't know more more to grow into and so when I see it that way there's always like room for new people to like new people to come in and do like the jobs that we don't want to do anymore because our standards are higher now (laughs) yeah and I think if if you're like always if you're on the path to self-improvement there's always going to be the next step right and there's always going to be people that you can look to to be like I wanted to be like them but now I want to be like this other person yeah you know yeah it's just yeah natural evolution right (laughs) what will you do for your dreams in 2019 Introducing the Artist of Life Workbook and Daily Planner by Lavendaire, tools to help you create your best year in 2019. If you love journaling, self-discovery, creativity, and productivity, these are perfect for you. Filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises, the 2019 Artist of Life Workbook walks you through reflecting on your past year, setting goals and intentions for the new year, discovering yourself, staying committed to your goals, and tracking your progress monthly. The Daily Planner by Lavendaire is a tool to help you design a productive, effective, and meaningful day. The Artist of Life Workbook helps you plan a macro view of your life, while the Daily Planner helps you plan the micro. Together, these tools will help you build your dream life one page at a time time. They're seriously life-changing and they make great gifts too. Go to shop.lavendare.com to check them out. Sending you so much light. So what inspires you now? Just learning. So like work has been so good where I can just, if I want to, I can just take a month off. So I've really just been, have been taking advantage of that. Last year I took November and December off and I went on vacation to mm-hmm. Japan and I just got to see a whole different culture. And then, and that was great. And then this past month in March, I traveled all over Asia and that was definitely a culture shock, but even learning all these different businesses and learning about what other people do other than like than photography, right? Because photography is such a niche industry and just learning about that. Mm-hmm. I think that inspires me because you're just constantly learning and as you learn more about the world, you learn more about yourself, right? So it just gives me a fresh perspective to even approach like what I do. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, like your perspective has grown. Right, yeah. And then what does a day in the life of Karen Rosalie look like? Because you're pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> can you describe your like day, typical day? Um, I can describe like this week because every day is different. I mean, today I'm, yeah, today I yeah. have, this morning I had a four hour photo shoot and then now I'm doing this interview with you. Tomorrow I have a four hour photo shoot for a TV remote. And then on Friday, I don't have any shoots for that day. But then next Friday, I'm doing a shoot with four models and we're shooting for a skincare brand and we're doing videos and photos. So it really just depends. If I'm not shooting, I'm editing. If I'm not editing, I'm talking to clients. If I'm not talking to clients, I'm networking. So yeah. it's all a mix. Well, do you feel like you're working all the time or are you pretty good with balancing your life? Yeah, I work 
pretty much all the time. <laughs> I'm, uh, this is kind of a bad habit that I picked up from my earlier photography hustle days because I would always have like two jobs at a time. I would have my nine to five job and then I would have my like freelance side gig that I would do on the weekend. So I'm always like very used to this like mentality of working all the time. But this past two years, maybe I started taking weekends. So I would, I would work from Monday to Friday sometimes Monday or Thursday, depending on if I have a shoot on Friday. And then I would just like relax and hang out with friends. But maybe on Sunday, I would check in on my emails and just make sure that I'm like prepped for the week. Yeah. Because I mean, when you are the boss and you're the mm-hmm. owner, like, isn't it on your mind 24-7? Always. Are you like that too? <laughs> always. No, even when yeah. I'm not like actually working, I'm still thinking about yeah. the business and how I can grow it. How can I can like hire someone else? You know what I mean? Like I'm always like on, even if I'm not actually yeah. physically doing the work. Totally. But as long as it's something yeah. that you love and it's enjoyable, like it is fun to like think about work, you know? It is. It almost like we should come up with a new name for it because it's not really work. It's like, I mean, it's, it's like, like exciting you're passionate about like, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I think the most fun is just like, mm-hmm. especially at this stage, like the thought of like how to grow it and how to build a better team and all of that. So yeah. like I relate to you in that I'm in that other stage too. Instead of just trying to like stay afloat yeah. and survive on YouTube, it's more like how right. do I do it better and hire better people, like things like that, you know? Yeah. And I think you could totally relate to this too, is that a huge part of what we do is also empowering others. Like that also Mm -hmm. like gives us a a reason and kind of adds a meaningful aspect of what we do. So like in the past two years, I've had girls like intern for me, assist for me. And it's just been so nice to see how I can impart like my experience to them and I've been in their shoes and just like giving advice in that way and seeing how their careers has blossomed because mm-hmm. of that. That's also been really empowering. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in five years? Like what are you the most excited about looking forward? I'm excited to see how Rosalie grows. I always think I, I've like plateaued and then I, but I, I'm the type of person that gets very bored easily. So mm-hmm. the next the next day I'll be thinking of something new that I can do for the for the company. So I'm excited to just see how my company grows if I'm still doing it in five years. Yeah, just to see where I am as a my career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like it'll be so different because right. even in like right. three years the or the past five years, it's changed so much. Do you know that this week is my five-year anniversary of starting Lavender? <laughs> I always know because it was like before Coachella. Yeah, five years ago, 2014 when I started. But Oh my God, congratulations. Crazy. So what advice do you have for young creatives and photographers who are looking to break in and want to build like the brand that you have? I would say don't give up. Believe in yourself because there's going to be a lot of days where you're just really totally unsure of if this is going to be the right path right I think I don't really get those moments anymore but I remember there were so many moments in the beginning where I just would cry because I'm like I don't know if this career is the right one for me but you just like at the same time like you just don't know like you don't know what who's going to email you next you don't know who you're going to be shooting next you don't know who you're going to be working with next so just keep pressing on and don't give up and stay positive because if you don't believe in yourself then who's going to believe in you, you know? For sure. So true. Yeah. And you have to just like put yourself out there to like reach out to people. Don't be shy. Yeah. 
For sure. You have to be always doing something. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I have some Facebook questions that people asked me in our Facebook group. Oh, no way. Liana asked, how did you figure out where to start when you're like laying the groundwork for your creative agency? Like, where does one start? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, there are certain things. I mean, there's like a checklist, right? You need a website. You need a plan of attack. And you need an email. So those were the things that I started with. That's true. That's all you really need. Yeah. A good website, some work to show. Yeah. And then email Email. everyone that you can. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think when you say, oh, I don't know where to start, then it makes it into this like very unachievable kind of like hard mountain to climb. But then when you say, okay, I need first I need a website and then I need photos to fill it with and then I need a client list, then it becomes these very attainable plan of actions that you can take. Yeah. I feel like you're pretty good at like breaking things down and just doing them. Like you're good at taking action because a lot of people, they're just in their heads and it's it's so scary to even start or even know where to begin. Well, I like to Mm -hmm. make things very simple because that's how I understand things. So even Mm -hmm. when I came back first, just to give you an example, when I came back from Asia and I had nothing to post on Instagram, but I had to post on Instagram because that's where 100% of my marketing comes from. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I have no content. I have no content. What do I do? And then once I got over that, I was like, wait, I just have to take pictures. Like that's it. I just have to start posting. I just have to take one photo. It doesn't even have to be like professional. I could just take an iPhone photo, but I just need to take one photo and start posting again. And once I like I had that moment where I was like, wow, like it's not that hard. Like sometimes you you make it bigger in your head, but mm-hmm. there are steps that you can take. Yeah, I can so relate to that too. Never yeah. having anything to post. Yeah. And like, actually, I have a camera. I could take a photo. Yeah, you can literally take a photo now and post it and that's content, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tran asked, what's the best advice that a mentor has ever given you? Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. <laughs> Similar to your last point, just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one of my clients, she runs a very successful beauty brand and it's in Sephora. And she says that that's the advice that her dad gave her. And that's also the advice that she lives by. And so even working with her the past three years, it's really kind of showed me that, yeah, you should just keep it simple. It shouldn't be something that's overly complicated where people can't understand. I mean, like just take your branding, for example, the lavender lifestyle. It's so iconic so easy to remember and so simple. So you're talking about like branding to keep that simple because you get to observe like this blogger and how she runs things. How How does she keep it simple? She keeps it simple in that branding too. But also in just like if if there's something she doesn't like, then she won't do it. Or if something makes her unhappy, then she'll just speak out about it. And that's it. You know, it's not this Mm. whole big complicated thing. And she's always like rest. She takes time to rest. When you look at her, there's like certain Mm. things that she likes and certain things that she doesn't like. And that's that, you know? Mm. So I think sometimes it's, if you know exactly what you want, then it's easy to make a decision. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm, I'm getting married next year and a lot of people ask me like, okay, you're probably going to have the hardest time finding a photographer. And I was like, actually no, because I know exactly what kind of photographer I want. So that eliminates a lot of things Mm -hmm. for me. So I think 
that would be the motto that I would stick by is just to keep it simple. Yeah. I think the underlying yeah. lesson there is like first know yourself and know what you want. Right. And once you know that, True. like you know your priorities yeah. and your values, then you, it's so much easier to say no to everything else. Yeah. Thank you for the translation. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Danielle asked, what made you decide to settle on your style and aesthetic? Because you have a very distinct, like feminine, flat lay-ish aesthetic. Yeah. I don't know. I just started doing a lot of things that I liked. So it's funny because my, I feel like my style is constantly changing. And if you look back on even my Instagram, maybe like three years ago, it was very blue-toned, very harsh shadows. That was kind of like what I was known for. And then now it's like very soft. It's more mm -hmm. commercial. I think I think it's all about just in terms of style, it's just about exploring things that interest you and that you like and then sticking to it and just exploring that. So for me, I, I really like pink and neutral tones mm -hmm. and feminine things like flowers and marble so I just for maybe three years I just pursued that I like yeah got all the marble all the pinks like all the girl models and all the flowers and just shot that until I got sick of it and then mm. and you'll see like your style will evolve like it's more about becoming an expert in all of those elements and then yeah. getting used to it and then seeing how that evolves with you as you change. And when you're like deciding your style, are you looking to other photographers and other styles and trying to emulate anything? Or is it more like, I like flowers, so I'm just going to shoot flowers until I'm sick of it? A mixture of both, actually. Um, I'll have moments mm -hmm. where I'll look to other photographers because I need to replicate that kind of consistency for a campaign. I, I will look to photographers in that way, mm -hmm. especially when I'm when I was first starting photography, I knew that I wanted to be like Mario Testino or Annie Leibovitz. So I was like looking to see how they edit their photos to kind of learn from them. But a lot of times also, it's like, I'll just do things that, that I'm inspired by. So I'll see a photo on Pinterest, random, but it's like of shadows. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. I'll like file that away for the next time I'm shooting. Yeah. Um, so it's a mixture of both. Um, random questions. You have stories of like, a time when you had to shoot something you really didn't like. Oh my God, like, so many. <laughs> or, or something that the client wanted yeah. and you're like, this is so ugly, yeah. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, so many, so many stories. Does that happen often? Not as often anymore, but in the beginning, definitely. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, It's one of those jobs that you do, but you don't post about it ever. Um, but <laughs> for yeah, example, I, like what? For example, and this is actually one of the worst shoots ever because I totally forgot about what time my studio building opens so the product was a baby carrier which is like one of those like a stroller uh, like bag no not a stroller oh, a I, this is my exact question I was like what no like what is a baby carrier <laughs> no it's like like the the harness that you put on your like body where they wear the baby. their baby yeah okay yeah got it. wear your baby yeah yeah <laughs> girls that don't have babies <laughs> yeah so we had to shoot that and th that product was going to launch in the summer so, but we were shooting in winter. So it was December and it was raining in LA. And mm -hmm. so we had everybody, the whole team booked. So we couldn't reschedule the shoot. So we were like, okay, let's shoot super early. Let's shoot at 6 a.m. to beat the rain because it was supposed to rain at like noon. We scheduled the shoot for 6 a.m. But my, the problem is my building doesn't open until 10 a.m. So <laughs> oh, no. like literally 6 a.m. Sunday morning, everybody 
was at my studio and it was like locked. Like there was no way. Oh no. Like the screen was down. Like there was no way to get in. I had to do the shoot in my apartment or the hair and makeup in my apartment. But we were shooting this baby carrier and I had no knowledge. So where did you shoot it? In your apartment? Uh, in down, no, in like around downtown. Okay. Like on the street. But we needed a place to do hair and makeup and uh-huh. to drink coffee and all that. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of things where I'm shooting where I'm like, what? I guess you just have to go through it it happens to everyone well I think it's it's a good learning experience because in the beginning I I shot weddings and so when I started working with a blogger and I had to shoot her at events it kind of just it was like everything came together where I was like I have experience Mm -hmm. doing this so yeah yeah and even my full-time job when I when I first graduated college I was shooting ties and tie bars and tie racks so, yeah, so like random, random things that stuff. you wouldn't care about. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to like the rapid fire questions that I ask all my guests mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So just answer with whatever's on the top of your mind. Okay. What does your dream life look like? I'm living in a big mansion with a really cool car and I can just travel whenever I want to. And you're not working? Working optional. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I would have like a very successful like brand or business, but I wouldn't need to be holding a camera every day. For sure. Yeah. So fabulous. I can see that already. (laughs) I'll catch up with me in three years and we'll see where I'm at. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Maybe The Art of Reading or The Art of Writing by Stephen King. What is one habit that has changed your life? Waking up early. What time do you wake up? 7 a.m. Yeah. You're such an early bird. (laughs) I'm like the opposite. Best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Start at LLC. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because it forced me to be bigger than I I was. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Traveling. Yeah. Where do you want to travel to next? Well, I'm going to Greece next. I'm very excited about that. (gasps) Oh, yeah. For your pre-wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. And then lastly, where can we find you online? Instagram. At Karen.Rosalie. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. This was fun. And you're just going to live a fabulous life. I already know it. I'm back at you, sis. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you liked that interview with Karen Rosalie. Check her out on Instagram and on her website and blog. We'll link everything down below. And now I want to wrap up with some key takeaways from our conversation. So the first thing that really stuck out to me about Karen's journey is she is very strong-minded. She had this, this must work attitude when she was young and starting out. And I saw that firsthand because she was living in LA, her family's from SF. So she was supporting herself through photography. And so she had to like get a photography job. And then she just had to reach out to anyone that would shoot with her. And I saw her really build her business from scratch. And the thing that is most important is that commitment because she had no safety net. Like she had to do everything that it would take to succeed. And she committed to photography. She committed to making it happen. She didn't really have like a fallback plan or a plan B. And I see this in all my creative friends. Like you have to like commit 100% in order for it to work. And the magical thing is it does end up working out. So you just have to stick with it 
don't give up, keep going, keep creating, and just keep improving as you go. Another thing I thought was really smart is to brand and position yourself from where you want to be rather than where you are. So Karen had to like take that leap of faith, open an LLC before she really had like a team or anything else other than herself in order to land bigger clients. And sometimes you do have to like fake it till you make it in the sense. Like I've totally done that in my career as well, where you like brand yourself as just bigger than you actually are so that other people can trust in your credibility and you can rise up to the occasion and eventually you're going to fill that space. You will actually become the thing that you wish you were. It's kind of like law of attraction manifesting a little bit. You have to act as if you're already that dream person with like a badass career and all these skills. And of course, you still have to do the work to get there, but just declaring where you want to be to the world, to others, like that is just like a way to accelerate that growth. The last point that I really liked was keep it simple, stupid. So whether you're keeping it simple in your productivity, just creating like the simple next steps that you can take to start because most people are just like overwhelmed and in their minds, they tend to overthink it. Karen is really good at just like taking action, keeping the next steps simple and just doing them. And then the other side of like keeping it simple is knowing who you are, knowing what you want, what your values are, and then saying no to anything that does not align with that. So anything that does not make you happy, anything that you don't like, just don't do it. Say no, move on. Doing that will also help your productivity because you're not going to waste any time doing something that is not aligned to who you are, what you want, and your goals. Your time is precious, so only do the things that are super aligned to yourself and your dreams. This was something that I asked myself when I was straight out of college and really lost on what next steps I should take. I told myself, I'll only take a step in a direction where I can see it leading to my dream life. If that step is not going to lead to my dream life, I'm not going to take it. And so that's why I did not get like a corporate office job, even though everyone thought I should if I was going to do nothing else. I was like, no, I'm not because that's not the right step to lead me in that direction. And I knew that my step was elsewhere in a creative field. So in the end, only you know who you are, what you want, what your true dreams are. So listen to your inner guidance and then be okay to cut off anything that does not align with that. All right. I hope you like this episode. Sending you so much love for your day. Talk to you next time. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the daily planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.